Is that like the Doppler effect? Is it the butterfly effect? It's just like I had a conversation. Is it the Mandela planned. effect? <laughs> and now we have to talk about this. <laughs> okay, let's do our planned prescribed conversation. No, Emily. now I'm going to save it for another episode because this banter is good enough. <laughs> I don't think it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Kyle Imperator and Emily Moyers take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. I mean, we're we're too deep into this to go back now, so we just have to introduce ourselves and what we're doing here. Is that what we're going to do? Okay, we'll go straight for that. I'm Emily. I am Kyle. And this is Butter No Parsnips, all right? Get over it. Get over it! (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do it? It's going to happen. You can't stop it. That's right. Well, what we're actually going to do is talk about a word. Yes, we are. Emily, what's the word? Uh, No, I don't know the word, Kyle. Only you know the word. I do know the word. Emily, I've got got just a stellar word for you today. And I'm so excited to reveal it to you. I can't wait. Are you ready? Are you on the edge of your seat? I am. uh, I'm clutching the edge of my seat. You're clutching the edge of your seat. I hope it's pearls. Get ready (laughs) for this. Your word today, Emily, is pip. Pip. P-I-P, Pip. As in Pip-Pip-Cheerio? <laughs> As in Pip-Pip-Cheerio. Emily, you got it. That's it. <laughs> Congratulations. That's it? Play the theme music. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be a record. Pip, I mean, I. it's definitely a record somewhere. It, but it does it have meaning, though? Is it just an exclamation? So Pip-Pip is actually imitating the sound of a bicycle horn oh that's so cute isn't that cute like a little bling bling like a little bling bling so it is an imitation of a bicycle horn so its original meaning was that was like to like imitate a bicycle horn or a motorcycle horn and it eventually ended up being used uh to express farewell goodbye but like the sense that like okay i'm leaving now on my motorcycle you'll hear my horn as i go away pip pip right 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 like like i'm done talking to you now <laughs> yeah pip pip and then they started using it as you know a general greeting and eventually just used to create enthusiasm for things pip pip wow that's yeah. so cool <laughs> yeah isn't that fun? Wow. Well, uh, that does it for this week's episode yeah. of Butter No Parsnips. Thank you guys for coming. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Kyle, when did this word come about? Where did this word come about? I have so many questions. So, Pip Pip, I, I don't exactly know when it came about. It does have another, like, iteration of it that came on later. Toodle Pip. Toodle Pip. Toodle Pip. And that means to say goodbye, but, like... Making fun of upper class speakers who say pip pip. Oh, that's interesting. So, Emily, uh, congratulations. You got the word. Yeah, I mean, I I hope I didn't take the wind out of you. I'm sorry. No, you didn't. Listen, it's all good. I'm so proud of you. I actually have another word for you today. (laughs) Oh, my God. You were prepared. Mm -hmm. I unlocked level two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, your second word today is... Yeah. 
Pip. <laughs> P-I-P. Pip. Pip. So uh, this one, not as in Pip Pip Cheerio? Correct. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I got you built up my confidence with that I first did, one. I did. I did. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, when did this word come about? Right after the first Pip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an old word. Let's just say that. Okay. Oh, I don't get any real answers? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, what part of... Sp- is it like another exclamation? Yeah, it's a noun. It's a noun. Mm-hmm. Does it kind of mean the same as like pep? Like like your your energy? No. I don't have anything to go off of other than pip. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Emma. It's tough to break down a three-letter <laughs> word. <laughs> all right. Okay. So the etymology of pip stems from Middle English, a word pipa, P-I-P-P-E, which uh-huh. comes from the Middle Dutch pip, meaning a disease of poultry, also of people. Oh, mm-hmm. now, uh, I feel, now I feel how you felt when I said scrofula. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, good. I'm glad that she was now on the other foot or the other <laughs> scrofulous foot. <laughs> that comes from the West Germanic pipit and then through Latin pipita, which is an alteration of the Latin word pituita, meaning Ooh. phlegm or mucus or head cold. <laughs> yeah, that is actually also where we get the term for the pituitary gland. Oh. Which is a, the, you know, the small organ in the brain. They originally yeah. believed that to channel mucus to the nose. Oh, interesting. So what pip means, Emily, pip is a disorder of a bird marked by formation of a scale or crust on the tongue due to secretion of thick mucus. Oh, or any of various respiratory diseases in birds, especially <laughs> infectious coryza. It can it's a it's a bird disease. Pip. It's it's the birds got pip. The birds got the pip. Oh, Correct. Okay. Yes. I like the first meaning better. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> no, um, that's crazy that a word for a bird disease like has that much detail in the etymology. <laughs> I, I have a note here. The So the connection to bird disease, I, it, it goes back to as, at least as early as around 1420. I found a Middle English translation of a, an agricultural work. It's called De Re Rustica. And it's oh. by Rutilius Taurus Emilianus Palladius. Oh my God, Kyle, um, I'm, I'm swooning with this oh, Latin. Good. Thank you so much. <laughs> he describes the malady thuswise. And I'm not going to read it in my uh, Middle English accent. I'm just going to, okay. I'm going to modern Englishify it. He says, other while and hen wool had a pip, a white pillet that wool the tongue and round. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rutilius. It's like, it sounds so flowery, but then when you think about what the words are, it's like, yeah. oh, God. I do like the word otherwhile. Otherwhile. And then we'll have the pip. Fun stuff. Yeah. So, but this has no connection to pip-pip. Correct. It doesn't have a connection to pip-pip there. Wow. Yeah. Emily, are you ready for your third word today? Oh my God, Kyle, I'm going to explode. I knew you were going to do it too. I just had the thought. I was like, there's going to be another one. He's winding down. There's going to be another one. (laughs) All right, Emily. Cats out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. All right, listen. So I was recommended to look into the word pip, which is actually a pretty common word 
And turns out I found at least, at least or about by my calculations through my research, uh-huh. around 33 definitions for the oh, word pip. <laughs> my gosh, Kyle. Yeah. We got to do all 33? <laughs> we we're not going to get through all 33, but God. I'm going to get through a bunch of them. All right. I guess everybody strap in for this three-hour yeah. long episode of Bunch no, of No, 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 no. <laughs> I got it down, Pat. I'm, I'd, okay. I'd snap my, here's me snapping my fingers. That's how Pat I've got it down. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Pip Emily can also mean in this etymology, uh-huh. the scale or crust of the disorder can be yeah, Pip. That makes sense. And. It can also mean as a verb to remove the scale from the tongue of the of the bird is oh. to pip the bird. To pip, like to seed a watermelon. Yeah. I don't, for some reason, the idea of comparing that to taking the <laughs> crust off of a fowl's beak is really <laughs> disgusting to me. But yes, sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it, in, in around 1460, the word pip also began to apply to humans, often in a humorous way. So we get our fifth definition here. It's applied vaguely to various diseases in human beings. You could say, I have the pip. And as a verb, if you make someone sick, you could affect them with the pip. But that's okay. kind of a, in a silly way. In a silly way. And I've got oh, got a, a great example for it. It's I'm just so, so good. glad. The example comes from probably the funniest Middle English one-liner in all of existence. <laughs> oh, I'm, it is, I'm strapped in. Yeah, you gotta be. You better bowl me over with yeah. this one, Kyle. Listen, you made I'm a gonna, bold claim just there. <laughs> you're going to be, this is, you're going to be pipped after we're done <laughs> okay. with this. Okay. So... Uh, it comes from the Croxton play of the sacrament, which is the only surviving English host miracle play, which okay. crazy. Those were mystery plays that focused on biblical stories. The only one in existence in it. Call a servant bemoans thusly. I have a master. I would he had ye pip. Was I supposed to laugh? <laughs> yeah, he said, he's like, yeah, like, it's like, I have a master. God, I wish he was dead. You know, I wish he was right. sick. I wish he was sick with the pip. Yeah. Right. I would he had ye pip. Keep him coming. I thought it was hilarious. We're going to put in, <laughs> we're going to cut all this out, canned laughter. And I'm going to go, what's the deal with airline food? Am I right? <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's what, six definitions that we're up to? Uh, yeah, if you're counting pip pip there, yes, we're at we're at six. Here's okay. you ready for seven and eight. Uh, yeah. So around the 1890s, we got two more definitions. It can mean seriously ill humor or poor health. So it's where we get the phrase to have the pip means to be depressed or unwell. Oh. So if I'm you know under the weather, you can say I've got the pip. Okay. Um, or it can also be a feeling of irritation or annoyance. So we get the phrase to give someone the pip means to annoy someone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like to irk somebody. Yeah. Like Urkel probably gave a lot of people the pip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I wonder if that's where we get irk from is from I'm, Urkel. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, you've shaken everything I thought was secure. <laughs> <laughs> that was my plan. First you give me a word that is every part of speech, and now you give me a word that means everything. <laughs> yes. It means literally everything. Oh, my gosh. Are uh, there more? There's, oh, my God, so much more. So from this, we get a phrase like a chicken with the pip. <laughs> uh, we've come full circle. And so it's like a chicken with a pip means, you know, someone's in a weakened or sickly manner in low spirits. Right. Because they have 
sludge on their tongue. Yes, they've got they've got a sludgy tongue. <laughs> That's actually that is the medical definition of pip is just sludgy tongue. Sludgy tongue. <laughs> yeah. The worst. Ah, uh, oh. sludgy tongue. So it looks like yeah. you got the pip. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys, I can't come into work today. I've got sludgy tongue. Oh no! Oh, Hope it's not away. contagious. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the earliest appearances of that phrase was in the turn of the century novel Blix. Was the phrase sludgy tongue or sludgy tongue? Yes, was from. It was actually probably something about uh, there being rat poison in the in the meat industry, but uh, no. <laughs> no, but the the chicken one. Yes, yes, uh, like a chicken with a pip. Yeah, it was an, a romantic comedy novel called Blix by the progressive era American journalist Frank Norris. Oh. Is that Blix with an X or with a C-K-S? B-L-I-X. B-L-I-X. Yes. The line is, Then Condi promptly got the hiccups from drinking his tea too fast and fretted up and down the room like a chicken with a pip till Travis grew faint and weak with laughter. That's pretty funny. It's like with a chicken, like a chicken without a head, but yes, better. Yes, but better <laughs> because it's not as... It's not as grotesque. <laughs> Less grotesque morbid, maybe way. more grotesque. Yeah. 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 I've got a great non sequitur that I want to touch on, see if we can get through it. Excellent. So when I read this, I said, WTF is Blix. Yeah, absolutely. Why is I'm this having novel the same called... thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Why? It turns out it's the nickname of the story's protagonist. Her name is Travis Bessemer. How did she get this nickname, you might ask, Emily? Uh,. I don't even have a joke to guess. Like, what What could Blix even mean that that yeah. would be a nickname? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Or, I mean, is it just one of those, like, crazy English nicknames? Like, Penelope goes to Bunty or, you know? <laughs> I, I wish that was the case. Are you ready for this, Emily? <laughs> I'm ready. So, in the book, Travis, the main character, she begins yeah. to fall in love with Condi, her friend, at the Chinese restaurant the night that we just described above when he's drinking his tea. So she explains to him, oh, well, it wouldn't work out between us anyway, you know. And Condi, as she's explaining, Condi interrupts her and says, Blix, he murmured, <laughs> staring at her vaguely. Blix, you look that way. I don't know. Look kind of Blix. Don't you feel sort of Blix? He what? inquired anxiously. What? <laughs> Blix, she says. He smote the table with his palm. Capital, he cried. Sounds bully and snappy and crisp and bright and sort of sudden. Sounds, don't you know, this way? And he snapped his fingers like I did before. <laughs> don't you see what I mean? Blix, that's who you are. You've always been Blix and I've just found it out. Blix, he added, listening to the sound of the name. Blix, Blix, yes, yes, that's your name. Blix, she repeated. But why Blix? Why not? I don't know why not. Well, then he declared, as though that settled the question, they made ready to go as it was growing late. <laughs> and then that's chapter four, Emily. For the next ten chapters, she's just called Blix. Oh, my God. That's it. That's how it's introduced. I mean, honestly, he argued his point. I'm going to call you Blix from now on. <laughs> call me Blix because I'm snappy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, he is acting like a chicken with the pip. Like a chicken with the pip that condi so there's there's just a handful more like that have to do with that etymology we can okay. just brush through those so another etymology here is it, it's based on that but it's imitative in nature much like pip pip was mm -hmm. pip can also be a uh, synonym for peep as in the noise that a chick makes right like like not a pip yes exactly 
from that, we also get the name of the bird, the pipit. Oh. Which is any bird of the genus Anthus. And they're sometimes called titlings or titics or cheepers or just peeps. Just peeps. Just oh, is peeps. that where the marshmallow comes from? Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> we, we also get the adjective pipient, which means piping or chirping like a, like a chicken or a young bird. Pipient. Oh, that's a fantastic word to Isn't keep that in so your good? pocket. That's a good one to whip yeah. out at parties. Yes, yeah. it absolutely is. Pipient. Pipient. There's some quotes here. I won't preface them, but one of them is great. It's from a sermon in 1615. There you shall hear hypocrites, a pipient brood, cackling their own ripeness when they are scarce out of their shells. <laughs> I love that. Hypocrites. That's really good. He's describing hell, by the way, in that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. And th there are two other definitions from there. So pip can also mean to break through the shell of an egg. Oh. To pip through. That's and, so cute. <laughs> and through that, we get to give birth for humans. So you could say a woman who has given birth, she's pipped. Has pipped. Oh, that mm -hmm. one's less cute, but sure. <laughs> but cuter than other ways that you could say. Yeah. <laughs> so the other like big important etymology here is pip is also short for pippin, the apple. You ever heard of pippin? There's an apple? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a uh, species of apple that's called the pippin. Oh, I had never heard of this. Yeah. So pippin as a word can mean seed or it can mean a type of apple. And it, it comes from pipin, meaning seed of a fleshy fruit from the early 14th century. Mm. And that comes from the old French pépin from the 13th century. Pépin. Pépin. I, uh, yeah, I actually, I have, now that I think about it, heard of people referring to seeds as pips. I feel like that's like a British thing. It is. Yeah, so pip can also mean seed in this context. Yeah. Uh, I have here a small seed of any kind, especially one of a several seeded fleshy fruit, such as an apple, orange, or peach. Or peach. Interesting. Because those, yeah. those seeds are not the same. <laughs> I, so originally it was just for like apples and oranges, like those types of fruits. But then eventually they started applying it to, yeah, like pits too. It, it gets messy. You know how it how it happens. Yeah, that does happen. <laughs> Pipless can be a synonym for seedless. And something that is pippy is something that is full of pips. Oh. And pippy can also mean depressed or out of sorts if you're going back to the other definition. It's also stock exchange slang for, like, this stock isn't doing so well. Oh, it's pippy? It's pippy, yeah. Pip can also mean one extraordinary of its kind, something or someone who is excellent or of high quality. Oh. And that came from a similar definition for the word pippin, which was extended from uh, the apple, which was a coveted variety of apple raised from the seed. Oh, so that was like... The best kind of apple, so it could also mean, like, the best kind of person. Yes, exactly. It's just so many different things. So and like, many different things. Like, so many different, like, branches, you know? Like, all those ones that were interrelated, but then these are just completely different. That's crazy. Yeah. But I guess it's like a little word, so that makes sense. I was going to say, it's a little itty-bitty word, but it's got, oh God, what's that, what's that Oh, quote? it's got a whole lot of spunk. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a quote from that movie. Oh, it's the the genie. But it's backwards. Oh, yes. Yeah. The tremendous yeah, power. Living space. Space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal cosmic definitions, itty bitty word. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so pip was also used in the uh, RAF 
radio telephony spelling alphabet. Oh. Uh, which was the list of words representing the alphabet right, in the British like, Royal Air Force. Like the NATO phonetic alphabet. Exactly. RAF. Yeah. yeah. It was eventually adopted into the NATO phonetic alphabet, the, the British Army Royal Navy mm-hmm. alphabet, uh, or vice versa. The British Army and Royal Navy adopted the NATO the phonetic NATO alphabet later in the 15, gotcha. uh, 1956. Yeah. And those alphabets are something we call signalese. Signalese. Signalese, which is a great wow. word. So P- Pip represented P in the in that alphabet. That would make sense. It was later replaced by Peter in 1943. And then the NATO one is Papa. Is Papa. Good job, Emily. I also came across, while I was looking up phonetic alphabets here, they mentioned another alphabet that was supposedly used to disguise secretive communications mm-hmm. they called it the cockney alphabet but when i looked it up it was just like a, a comedy routine by a duo called clapham and dwyer clapham and dwyer <laughs> clapham and dwyer they they recorded it in 1936 they called it a surrealist alphabet uh and some of the ones they included are are thusly i i, I figured you'd enjoy these yeah. they have a for horses <laughs> f for vessants Effervescence. <laughs> yeah. M for sis. M for sis. <laughs> S for you. Uh-huh. T for two, of course. Of course. V for La France. V for La France. <laughs> <laughs> X for breakfast. Yeah. And Y for God's sake. <laughs> that's like that's like a bit in the closing credits of Car Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly. Defer became a common dog name for retiring English military personnel after the World War. And then similar, similarly, Seifer became a common cat name for Australian servicemen returning from England after the Second World War. Oh, as in D for dog, C for cat. Yeah. There's a couple of other war terms here for, for Pip, and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be closing up and going to our game. So Pipsqueak. Pipsqueak! Yeah. It, it's probably imitative of like the noise like a little creature would make sure but it means a you know a contemptuous name for one that is small or insignificant yeah and pip squeakery <gasps> is the quality of being small and insignificant i knew you'd love pip squeakery that's Emily. the best word i've ever heard <laughs> pip squeakery pip squeakery i love words where <laughs> when it goes to a different part of speech the emphasis in the word changes pip squeakery yes <laughs> so, no absolutely yeah, yeah that's my There's favorite something- thing there's something fun about that. Pip squeakery. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm going to be saying that all week. <laughs> yeah, pip squeakery. I'm going to be saying that all squeak. <gasps> uh, Emily, you. you just got so many prizes this Play episode. Play that round of applause again, please. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> it. From good. the war, we also get really the good. phrase, until the pips squeak, which oh. means until the maximum am- amount has been extracted, as in to use force or pressure to exploit someone for all they have to give. Oh. So it's attributed to the British politician Sir Eric Campbell Geddes, who, mm. whilst running for re-election to Parliament in 1918, remarked, The Germans, if this government is returned, are going to pay every penny. They're going to be squeezed as a lemon is squeezed, <laughs> until the pips squeak. My only doubt is not whether we can squeeze hard enough, but whether there is enough juice. 
So that he's referring to pips like lemon seeds. Like lemons, yeah. That's so funny. There's like a double meaning here. The lemon until the pips squeak. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that great? That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow, Kyle, I love everything about this word. (laughs) Pipsqueak is also the slang expression for a small German shell. Quote from the Dictionary of Military Terms in 1918, which makes both a pip and a squeak when it comes over the trenches. Oh. (laughs) And there was a British comic strip that was really popular during the the First World War called Pip Squeak and Wilfred. Oh, Pip Squeak and Wilfred. Yeah. It featured a family of orphaned animals who were Pip, a dog that assumed the father role, Squeak, a <gasps> penguin that played mother, and Wilfred, a rabbit that was the young son of the family. Pip, comma, Squeak, comma, and Wilfred. And Wilfred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I the, love it even more. <laughs> it was originally Pip and Squeak, and then Wilfred was adopted into the Joined. family later on. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was popular enough that in 1927, a fan club was started called the WLOG. W-L-O-G. And that stands for Wilfredian League of Gugnunks. What? Of Gugnunks? Yeah, Gugnunks, Emily. Uh, I guess there's no need to address that any yeah, further. We all why, know what that means. Why, why what I, well, we've all read Pipsqueak and Wilfred, so... Yeah, we, yeah. we're well familiar with the lore. For, yeah, for those who haven't, though, yeah. a Gugnunk clearly <laughs> is a combination of the only two words the character Wilfred could say, which were Gug and Nunk. <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Emily, that's Pip. I mean, incredible. One little word that packs a lot of punch. Yeah. You know? I hope we've jammed so much pip in here that we're all pipped out. Everybody's pipped I, about it. <laughs> we're going to play a game now. So, Emily, the game that I have for you today is Pip Pip or Nay. Uh, that's a little play on Pip Pip Hooray. Yeah, absolutely. I was with you. So this is, uh, it's kind of played like two truths and a lie. Okay, so pip, I'm gonna, comma, pip, or nay. Or nay, yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to give you three definitions. You're going to tell me which one is not a definition of pip. Oh my and God. this is how we're going to cover all the rest of the pip definitions. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to explode. <laughs> so two of them are real and one is not. Correct. Okay. Ready? Here's your first round. Yeah. Definition one. In botany... Each of the diamond-shaped segments of the surface of a pineapple. Two, in the military, the diamond-shaped insignia of rank worn on the epaulets of officers in the British Army. And three, in heraldry, the diamond-shaped charge on the field of a shield. I think three is wrong, because I know two is right, and I think one is right. Emily, you were absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that there was a word for the pineapple diamonds. Yeah, I didn't know that either, but it sounded right when you said it. <laughs> yeah. And I also didn't know that each of those diamonds is their own blossom. Like, that's where the flowers come from. Oh, I didn't yes. know that either. It's crazy. Look up that's pictures crazy. later. You'll be wow. stunned. Yeah. That third definition in heraldry, the diamond-shaped charge on the field of a shield, that's called a lozenge. Um, and lozenge is also another way, another word for diamond or rhombus. You know, Kyle... I actually know that because... Previously on an episode of Butter No Parsnips, where Kyle wasn't paying attention. Apparently, what the word lozenge means is just a rhombus. No. Yes! I looked it up. It just means a diamond shape. That's 
insane. Which is what shape the trees make when they're in those staggered rows. And now back to Butter No Parsnips. Continuing on. Okay, give me give me the next one. I'm on a okay. roll. You are on a roll. So speaking of such. Okay. Here's your next. Okay. Ready? One, the diacritic dot used on the lowercase letters I and J. Two, one of the dots used on dice, dominoes, playing cards, etc. Yeah. Or three, a step or degree. Again, I know two is correct. I'm going to say the first one is wrong, but it's a total guess. You are correct, Emily. <gasps> the first one, the, so the dots on I's and J's, those are called tittles. That's right. I remembered that a second no. before you said it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so what I want to say is I'm really surprised that you didn't guess. I assumed you were going to immediately guess that a pip was a dot on the dice because of our conversation from Quincunx. Well, I just, I know that it is. But you didn't guess that when I gave you the word pip. Oh, you're right. <laughs> well, I also didn't guess seeds and I knew that. And I <laughs> you also did didn't that. guess any of the other things that I knew. This is, this, this is just going to be filled with, uh, you know, congratulation <laughs> themes throughout. Um, yes. But that is, that is hilarious because now that I'm thinking about it, the yes. second time you asked me for another definition of hip <laughs> and I had 33 options and I didn't guess any of them. I gave just up. Blanked. Uh, oh gosh yeah so a quincunx is made of five pips emily it is it is and i knew that (laughs) so it it can also mean a step or degree uh pip um and that's an allusion to the card game 31 and what in which you must earn 31 pips to win oh and from that we get the 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 definition of pipped meaning drunk oh because there's a there's a phrase meaning 32 which is one more one off from 31 right so like a little off meaning like oh he's wasted and i have this like a little too far yeah i have this quote from taming of the shrew grumio says well was it fit for a servant to use his master so being perhaps for aught i see two and thirty a pip out (laughs) and he yeah he meant drunk yeah. So the last one then is for uh, is just going to be synonyms. Okay. Ready? So three synonyms three... for pip. One yep. of them is a lie. Correct. The words are blip, thrip, <laughs> and scrap. <laughs> I'm sorry. The middle one was thrip. Thrip. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I mean, I feel like scrap is a trick question. I feel like you want me to pick that one because it sounds different, but it's it's not going to be that one. So I'm going to say blip. Oh, is the fake Emily. one? No, so no. close, so close. Oh. You're definitely right in that I was trying to, I was trying to mess you up. Yeah, but thrip is the fake one. Yeah, thrip is the fake one. Okay, is yeah, that a made-up so, word or does that have meaning? That's a that is the name of a tiny pestilential insect, <laughs> or it can also mean to twitch slightly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but yeah, pip can also mean the like a spot of light or like a v-shaped spike on a screen like a radar wave sure blip it can also mean a, a scrap as in this great quote from alessandro giraffi's an exact history of the late revolutions in naples and of their monstrous successes not to be paralleled by any ancient or modern history <laughs> i don't know what this is from what the context is but he says one who had stolen but a peep of sausage 
But a peep of sausage. <laughs> and wow. a peep of sausage today's word was, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> and it was more than a peep of sausage. It was, it was, it was 32 peeps of sausage. <laughs> 32 peeps of sausage. <laughs> wow. I mean, a fantastic word, Kyle. Thank you. Really, really great one. Thank you for coming along on this ride with me. Yeah, absolutely. I was happy to. And you all can come along with us on rides to more fantastic words here at Butter No Parsnips. Bye. What? We have so many more things to say, Kyle. <laughs> oh, no, not goodbye. I meant like bye. Oh, in, uh, right. If come you, on, Emily, do the thing. Okay, gosh, I'm sorry. Anyway, you can find more Butter No Parsnips on Patreon at patreon.com slash butter no parsnips. If you want to if you want to maybe give us a, a little support. Yeah, uh, you can here. get episodes a week ahead here. You can also hear our uh, exclusive monthly Patreon podcast, Buttered Parsnips, our After yes. Hours podcast. We got lots of content planned for that. If you want to just keep up with us, we're at Butter No Parsnips podcast on Instagram. We're also on Facebook at Butter No Parsnips. Mm -hmm. And Emily's personal cell phone number is... Yes, get a pen. Let me, uh, I'm going to post that on the Patreon, actually. Yeah, good, okay, good. So one. pay money and you can, you can chat with Emily. <laughs> but otherwise, just check back every Monday for more Butter No Parsnips, folks. Yeah. Thank you all for coming. And I think, Emily, there's only one way that we can close out this episode. <laughs> you ready? Three, yeah. two, one. Hip, hip, hip cheerio! cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That should be our new ending. Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.